This is Catherine. And this is Seth. And this is Philorians United. Philorians, good night, night. I swear one day we will be able to do it as we... Philorians uh, United. United. Yay. (laughs) So we're back, people. Because we're not united. Yeah. Uh, It's been a long move. Seth is about to die. Yes. And he repainted the whole apartment three times. That was a bad decision. (laughs) (laughs) 72 different shades of white because we're only allowed to have a white in our apartment. So I got like slightly pink white, slightly green white, slightly white white. But it's amazing and we're awesome. And I'm going to mute my my phone. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's it's my turn, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I never really understood... Like uh, in my head, trauma was always this big thing, you know, like uh, the the PTSD that we see in in movies or those like terrible injuries that there's blood and blah blah blah. You know, like those mm-hmm. like deep, profound, discernible yeah. um, events in your life. Until I um, I was first in therapy and my uh, therapist that I have now made me realize that my bad relationship experience were traumas. Uh, thank God I was not like, I don't want to say that I had the most traumatic event because I know many girls got it worse than me. When many people, not only girls, but many people got it worse than me, but I did had my last, my last, um, relationship before Seth was quite traumatizing in many ways. And it was while trying to find myself back that she made me, my therapist made me realize that this leaves scar on me and that relationships leave scars on you and trauma if they are not well handled. Mm-hmm. And this is what will creates wall that you can put around people or this will create that uh, the person you are basically and it's by acknowledging that trauma and trying to to um don't like fix it heal it Mm. that i became a better person and i became ready to date again even if i didn't want to date Seth because he was like, we're dating. And I'm like, I don't think we are. And he was like, yes, we are. And I was like, okay, we are. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were doing everything except the, the word, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think that it's important to acknowledge that uh, trauma, it's not only the, the, the big things. It's also our lives is made of small traumas. And it's about acknowledging them and moving <laughs> on. Yeah, I like that. We need to do our 30-second recap. Uh, yeah. Ready? So Elliot needs to get his consciousness back, and they're dealing with that, and that's one thing. And then there's a war, and they're dealing with that. And then Julia is dealing with not having a shade, and she's all like, la, 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 la. She's not at the level of eating cereal yet, but she's close. And then um, um, what else is happening? Quentin's dealing with Alice in his head, and Penny's dealing with feelings for Katie. Everyone's just dealing with a lot of shit. Uh, yeah, Julia sets some shit on fire. And a uh, bad day for dryads. That's about it. We have sound effects good. for that, you know. I know. I, I, I usually I just pose it. <laughs> You're so right. All right. Ready? Set. Go. Yeah. Uh, Elliot is uh, gone from his body, so Margot has to step up as a high king, but nobody takes her seriously because uh, Flory is sexist and doesn't believe in women. Yeah, Meanwhile, uh, Q, Q is trying to... Um, <laughs> Uh, fix Alice and it's not working and Penny's trying to be near Katie but Katie's like fuck you and they're trying to find who was the baby that was the dummy god and Julia is shadeless and thrown into prison shadeless (laughs) so I would like we know I would like to start with a um, uh, description of what trauma Mm. is that I found in French, and then I translated <laughs> because I didn't like the English trans- the English one that I found. It is a physical or psychic wound that leaves or a psychological. I would or- say psychological wound, psychic. Wow, 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 wow. 
Oh, oh I'm going to start. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> a physical or psychological wound that leave a, a physical or psychological marks that takes you back to a traumatic moment. Mm. I like that. Me too. It's We're like going to start by the fact having a that trigger, a psychological mark. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. like a, a scar can, like it could be a or physical scar, scar or a trigger. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not like that part was not mentioned in the mm. English version that I found. Uh. So I found that what it is. <laughs> um, can we start about the fact that uh, when we started to watch the episode, I put season four, uh, season four, season two, episode four, and we were like, that's oddly specific to Alice dying. Why is it all about that? <laughs> I really should have done trauma that episode because that whole recap, I was like, this is just a recap of every trauma these children have ever faced. Also, my first um, comment is just, these kids need a therapist, period. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Hogwarts. Yeah. I don't understand why there's no therapist at these schools. Government-funded schools have therapists. These private schools don't have fucking therapists. Well, the fact that part of them are not at school doesn't help. Well, they still don't have a therapist. <laughs> um, the recap was uh, was basically a recap of their trauma. The recap from episode we four. Were... No, the, and the recap of episode eight, eight as well, because we saw the war, the war declaration, Penny losing his end, their library being like ominous, Alice becoming anything. Um... That time, uh, Elliot almost died. No, that was that was the and first one. It was that, in this one too. That was in the, no, it was in this one too. Also, uh, the Julia uh, learning about shade and her abortion. That was okay. the recap. So I feel that's a good summary of the trauma of season two. Of season two specifically. Oh well, well because in the, in the like where where we are with trauma in at the, the first moment. recap, they also that we accidentally watched of episode four um th- there was also uh reynard and like i was thinking about also not only was that dramatic from the perspective of like being sexually assaulted but like you just saw your friends die mm-hmm. and then got sexually assaulted which i never really thought yeah, and about I, and i i would and you got sexually assaulted to save your best yeah friend. there's a lot going on there um and like i don't know what about the and whole fact I- that the beast was fucking terrorizing them there's that. Yep. Dying. Oh, uh, oh go ahead. I, no, I just want to ask you if you think that seeing Julia being raped in the in the intro was a good idea. I don't think that's Was it ever necessary? A good idea. I think making us see yeah. it once is bad enough. Um uh-huh. like, uh, I was also thinking about like the fact that they literally died multiple times in the, in the um in the bank. Oh my yeah. god, you're right. They died. Yeah, uh, it was. Time? It was making me think about Adventure Zone. They're racking mm-hmm. up debt. They're racking up mm-hmm. debt. Okay, if you haven't watched uh, Adventure Zone, pause this podcast. Yeah, go listen if to you it haven't and come watched back. it, you can't. It's a podcast. <laughs> That's okay. I say, I say that all well, the you time. And and you can Speaking read two of their Dungeons and Daddies tonight. There's a new episode out. This Woo! is from the past, future, past, future, past. <laughs> this is like when people don't. Know. The this day is of the what, future. This is past. like when people don't know. Like then there I am, and they're like, "Ma'am, sir, ma'am, sir, ma'am." But uh, so yeah, we're gonna continue to plug another D and D podcast by saying, "Go listen it's to Dungeon so and Daddy." Good. It's, it's not really a BDSM podcast. Sometimes a BDSM podcast. Sometimes it is. <laughs> okay, so I would like to ask you a um, question that basically this whole episode... Well, first, do you want to do the Julia part? Julia, Kitty, and Penny? The, it's, a, the it's a free-for-all. I have like no notes part? for this episode. I was just watching, I was just watching it. Okay, so I'm, I'm going I'm to... So I would like okay. to uh, talk about Julia a bit. Um, basically, her losing your shade made me ask like, who are you without your shade? Because 
everyone was weirded out by the fact that yeah, well, I think it's you without your trauma. Like, have you ever met someone who never had any like bad experiences in their life? I had a college roommate who just like never had anything bad happen to her. She never lost anyone. She never had any like she never broke a bone in her life. She never got sick. She like seriously sick. She never had any kind of like trauma, and she was just like a shell of a person. I was like, I don't understand. Like, you're not a real person. Uh, Like it was weird. (laughs) Like she was just like boring and like happy. And I was like, I don't get it. (laughs) I don't know. Well, maybe she had trauma. She was just not acknowledging them. No, she just like had the perfect life. Okay. Uh, But I wrote that too, that a lack of shade is the lack of trauma, but does that make you, that I think that made her lack being be, well, and also lack of empathy. Empathy, but also being careful because she was like, "Oh, Reynard doesn't give a shit about us," and the first thing that happened, Reynard waiting for her, and she still was just like, "Whatever." Yeah, but like still, like she was saying, like she it, was like it not almost, really caring about the consequences. But it, well, it reminds me of being like childlike. Sorry to interrupt you. What do you mean? Like not thinking about like not thinking about consequences. And not, you know, you know how like, <laughs> like the other day, a baby climbed on the table, fell off the table, and then immediately climbed back up on the table. And I was like, "What? You just fell off of that? You dumb shit!" <laughs> like in that. Way. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, Reynard's not gonna whatever, and then like Reynard's right there, and she's still like, "Whatever, you're dumb." Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was just interesting because the shade is always, as we'll find out later, is like characterized as a child usually. But I think there is something about this like childlike innocence. Like even we see in Martin Chatwin when he's like eating his like fucking Captain Crunch and like tip tapping his toes. You know what I mean? There's yeah, like something but Martin was kind of happy. Happen. Well, yes, but that's what I mean. Like happy and ignorant. Ah. Uh... Yeah, you're like right. There's, like there's some kind of childlike innocence to both. No, you're right. The shade and being shadeless. And that's why he was like this annoying little fuck. Oh my god. Shut the fuck and, up, Martin. And um, then the Q will bring her to Fillory. And then Margot is told to listen to Julia. As we know at this moment in their relationship, basically Julia, she Margot just said to Julia like, oh, we, don't, we hate you, but we're going to help you rob a bank. And yeah. then they did it. And then this happened. Why did Margot listen to Julia? What when she was saying like I know the books, blah blah blah, yeah. because she does know the books. And also, I wonder if there was some like womanly solidarity there. Mm. Of, like all these fucking men are sitting in a room telling me what to do, and like I want to prove that like I can do stuff without a man. And there's another woman here who is smart and is being shut down. Yeah. And I want to listen to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were, every time she tried to talk, they would kind of be like, Yeah. And um, you said that she knows Fillory, but she doesn't love it anymore. And she even say like, I don't give a shit about Fillory. Yeah. Which, like, uh, we know that, like, in the first season, like, she still had the table where she drew the map of Fillory Mm -hmm. with Quentin. So it's like, uh, Julia's love for Fillory Mm. is with her shade and I this made me ask um does her lack of shade this trauma of losing her shade is the shade and the passion of like pursuing thing and loving things are common I have two things one is I wonder if it's because it was sort of like a botched thing like the shade removal Mm. wasn't maybe it wasn't like clean And Mm -hmm. my other thought is maybe, like, the passion for the drive to, like, take out Reynard is just stronger than everything else. Everything else got pushed to the back burner, and it's just like, that's it. That's the only thing I need to be doing right now. As of the moment, she doesn't give a shit about Fillory, yeah. Or anything else, yeah. Yeah. And um, when they, when they, uh, when she... um... Uh, when she she talks about her um, getting her abortion, she said, "I got rid of my power source." Yeah, T- talking about the baby because she needs like this godly power. Yeah, and I like this foreshadowing of her being the only one with power at the end of the, sh- mm. the season. This idea That's of interesting. 
Julia I always like looked into having more power, being more powerful, like manipulating magic. And this time, like she got rid of it. Mm, yeah. That's you know? Mm. And um, the last thing I have about Julia is that fucking smirk as she hear the trees burn to death. Julia is not a friend of the trees. <laughs> but like we know that she regret that move because at the end uh, in season three when she uh, bring them back um, like she removed the trauma of what she did but are you removing trauma just by making something better yeah. you're not removing the trauma you're putting a band-aid on a scar yeah but at least they're not endangered anymore <laughs> now they're all dead but in season three they'll be back <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I, that's a good point, though. Like, I don't think you can make trauma better. I don't think you can like fix trauma. I think you can work on trauma, but it's always there. Like it's like we were saying, it's something that leaves like a lasting mark. Yeah, but the fact that she brings them back, I don't. I don't never remember heard. that she brought them back to life. Yeah, in season three with her godly power, so she they, brings this far. They all died a bunch of times, and I still think that was traumatic. Yeah. They got back, brought back to life. Ask Goku. Goku knows it's traumatic to die. The fact that you just referenced Dragon Ball made me love you so much. <laughs> He's like the OG but, coming back to life. Yeah, but, uh, uh, did you read the whole series? Because at the end, he died so much that he's not allowed to come back. <laughs> and he stayed dead. Good. Anyway, um, let's stay in Fillory because I want to talk about magic. You don't want to talk being about traumatized Dragon Ball by Z? poop. Okay. Being traumatized, <laughs> no, being but, traumatized by poop? Yeah, the magic itself is traumatized, like it's scarred by Ember's falling. Oh, oh, got you. And I like this, like, like we know that uh, like the, the magic being gone will be basically season three. So like this, again, another foreshadow of where it's going, mm -hmm. where the plot is going, but also saying like, hey, if you touch magic, bad shit happen. But, <laughs> bad shit. But, but <laughs> did you think about this, the fact that poop ruined the farming industry and then poop fixed the farming industry? It's a cycle of poop. <laughs> also, uh, speaking of poop, this is 100% a side note. Here's some bonus content for you. So today I was at the library with the kid I was nannying. And he's like, he's just like doing his own thing. He's like a year old. So he's just like chews on stuff. And um, these two other kids came up to me and they were speaking French. Uh, and, you know, like I have these moments where kids speak in French. I'm like, that's what they're saying, right? And then someone else confirms and I'm like, okay. So they were like, kids just decide to play with me sometimes because I don't know. And um, they came up to me. Yeah, it's true. They came up to me and they had stuffed animals and they were making the stuffed animals poop on me and then running away and then going, they're pooping on your head. They're pooping on your face. But it's funny when it's in French because they're just like, caca. And it was silly. And kids were making animals poop on me. And I was just like, and then the mother just looked at me and we were just like, I don't know. Kids are fucking weird. And then the dad was literally like, stop pooping on that man. I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. In the things you never thought nope. that you would nope. say out loud. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So that's that. I, and like we can, I see this for, it's the second time in the show that we see Margot crying. Ooh. For Elliot? Just no, in general. The first time it's in when this episode, I, I didn't catch her crying. Yeah, uh, she when she asked mm -hmm. him to come back. And like she she like she let her, her she's she's she admits that she's faking it. Oh my god, the bunny just opened the door. <laughs> I, oh my god. My poor heart. <laughs> what do you think about trauma, Winston? <laughs> in what paper, paper is that? Oh, it's garbage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our, our rabbit just jumped over a it? trash can to get into a room because he's so fucking weirdo. And now he regrets it and want to go back. Hold on. I'm okay. going to go open the door for him for Lolo. Mm. Yeah, 
Well, that was the winsome corner of the episode. <laughs> but yeah, and it like it, it's uh, Margot. We rarely see her. Barrier mm-hmm. goes down, and most of the time, it it's either because someone died or yeah. because of Elliot. But she does ask everyone to leave the room. And when she talked to Fen, it's the first time that she's yeah. kind to her. She say, Fen, you too, sweetie. Why did she become Because you're kind? united in trauma. It's like when my dad died and all of a sudden people who were mean to me started being nice to me at school. I was just like, okay. Or, But also when you, I mean, I think, that, well, I think there's a difference, right? Like in that instance, it's a bad example because in that instance, it was like people like, oh no, they went through trauma. So like, I shouldn't be addicted to them. But um, but especially because like right now they're sharing trauma, like they're having the same traumatic experience, mm-hmm. which like, <laughs> right. Okay. So in, <laughs> I've been playing these, these cheesy, like graphic novel, not graphic novel. It's the word I'm looking for. It's like, how do you explain that game? It, no, visual, it's basically visual novel, bad. Brain. Okay. I've been playing these like visual novel games where you like you know like choose your own adventure type thing and there's this one one thing that happened where there are these two brothers and the whole family is fighting and so they go on a like a big hike together and they they get attacked by a bear while they're on this hike and then like after they get attacked by the bear together then they're both like our fight is stupid we should like just talk about it you know and so like I feel like in that way like when you experience trauma together all of a sudden it's like why was I being a bitch to this girl like I shouldn't be a bitch to her she's a nice man do you think that's why at the end she almost proposed to her before Elliot proposed to her Uh, (laughs) let me be my Fargo shipper hard but like she said everything else promise I'm gonna give it to you and I'm gonna make sure that the law that is written uh, will be removed and I'm going to mm-hmm. take care of you and your baby. Like in my heart, I want, I want, I want to, well, I don't she think have that she's then. a dick. Like, I, I don't think that she's going to be like, fuck you, bitch. Well, at first, yeah, she but was not really when her husband is, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. a difference between being dismissive and being like a cold hearted bitch. I mean, like your husband dies. Fuck you. Like, you know. uh, yeah, I mean, and yeah. I think there was, there was also the moment where, um, when she's talking to Elliot, sorry, I'm watching my bunny hop around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the moment where Margo is talking to Elliot where, uh, and when that like sorceress woman was there and she was saying like, you know, not everyone chooses to, to cross back over and, and, and uh, Margot has a line that was like, I know you have like a low key, like death wish at all times, but like, you know, and so I was thinking about that and, you know, the like past trauma of, is this a bunny on my foot? Oh, hello. Um, and I was thinking of that and like, uh, when has a lot to say about this well, episode. Um, affecting, you know, our general states of being and how things come back, you know what I mean? And I mean, if someone knows about trauma, it's Elliot and Margot. I think their friendship, our bond into healing traumas. We we're going to le- learn more about it in the fourth season, but like... I haven't seen it yet. No, but uh, the fact that like... Um, well, we saw it in season one with Elliot losing Mike and how mm. like traumatic that was for him and how traumatic his reaction to losing Mike was for Margot. 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 For Margot, like she <laughs> almost lost... Weird Brooklyn accent. <laughs> she almost lost her best friend there. And I think yeah. like, it's like, oh no, it's happening again. Yeah. So hmm. let's talk Penny and Katie. Oh, God. Yeah. They need a couples therapist. Can we talk about the first thing that uh, Penny asked to the librarian when she offers him the contract? Is what's the catch? Well, yeah. I think that like... He knows. He grew up in that life. But that's what I mean. Like that's that's a response from someone that experienced trauma, that experienced like hardship and had yeah. been fucked over and don't, doesn't yep. believe that people give for but like if you, if you're a friend that has like a perfect life 
would have had this, she would have like, oh, okay, without yeah. thinking of. This is why I write my own contracts. <laughs> and um and then after that he goes back to katie and he said uh, like quentin is weird because his mind is weird like he, he said yeah. that something's weird with 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 uh quentin with q which is really funny and then q leads and his reaction is not to follow him it's to say he's a grown man moving on i love that Okay, go ahead. I love I love that. Like I think that he is a grown man, and if he's not asking for help, it's not Penny's job to fucking be like, "What's wrong?" What's but he wrong? does it with Katie. Yeah, because he likes Katie. <laughs> yeah, but Penny said that he doesn't like Quentin, but he does. Yeah, but like he, but that's not. I don't think that's true. Like Katie is like, "Here's the problem. Let's fix it." And I don't want your help. Here's my problem, but I don't want your help. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm talking about them trying to, like, fuck with Renard. Uh, but as far as, like, emotional stuff that's going on, Katie, like, I I don't know. I, I don't think it's the same, the same thing. I don't know. Why? Oh, I lost my train of thought. So, like, Quentin... He's like, deal with your own problems. Yeah, well, like, it's different when it's a friend. Even if we're going to consider them friends, which I really don't, um, I think it's different when it's a friend and someone that you have dated or had an intimate relationship with. Like, I think that it's different. Like, if one of my friends was being a little bitch about something, <laughs> I wouldn't go out. Of, like, if they didn't want to tell me what was wrong, I'm not. I'm going to respect their boundaries. I'm not going to be like, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. It's none of my fucking business. And But, yet but if it was you, I mean, I think it's different because I know, right, like there are times where I know what's wrong and you don't even know what's wrong. More than you can think, people. You know, where like I know you at a different level that I know even a friend. And so I think it's different. But like if you were upset about something, I would still respect your boundaries. But like... I think it's different because you're at a level where it's like you're telling me one thing, but I know you don't really mean that thing. Ah, uh, okay. I think it's different than ignoring someone's boundaries. I think that's that why she you got know them better. Him? Yeah, because she's putting up walls because she doesn't want him to be hurt. Because like she was really mean, and even like he left. Like she said, I "Don't want you." Blah blah blah. She even tried to show that like she was an heroin addict. To be But, fair, I don't think that you should sign a millionaire contract to prove to someone that you like them. Hot takes. Seth hot Dating take. Corner. Don't do that. Also, um, another thing not to do is uh, cut your ear off and give it to the woman you love, Van Gogh. That's another hot take of Seth's dating tips. <laughs> But like Katie tried to be kind of push away um, – Penny. Penny by one being mean, but also showing like, oh, I, I don't own my liquor anymore. And look, I was an heroin addict for a while. And like, it didn't work on Penny. No. That's, and like, after like, she did all that, he went to sign the contract. Mm -hmm. And I cannot find the logic there. I know like, okay, he loves her, whatever. I think he but also... I don't know. I think he has this like devil and I care, like this attitude of just like, what the fuck ever. I'm not sure I understand. Like, I don't think he cares. Like, I don't think he cared to sign away, to sign that contract. Do you think that he hasn't seen the. the he's um, living in the present. Yeah, he didn't see like the consequence of his actions, which he's gonna try to run away. Yeah. From. After. But is it a sign of love that you sign your soul away? I don't know. And just like, because like if like, and Penny is the kind of person that does do grand gesture. Do you also think that it is born out of trauma of not being able to show how you love someone? Yes, and also, like, having to do some kind of really big grand gesture to prove it. 
Mm-hmm. Because like he didn't do anything to uh, with like the, the the moment him and Katie were about to get like um together it was when they would decided to run away yeah. together another big grand gesture so i'm, I'm and even when he uh, admits like oh i love you deal you know like like i don't know i i, I just wonder like this grand just you always need to show love by grand well, gestures. i wonder like i'm psychoanalyzing myself now but like i think that like personally like growing up i didn't see normal affection like my parents were not affectionate at all they never kissed in front of me they didn't hold hands they didn't really seem to like each other that much (laughs) and and so and like for me like I know that's something I do a lot is like these especially in the beginning of our relationship with like crazy surprise grand gestures and like those kinds of things and I think like I wonder if that's a product of not seeing healthy uh relationships Mm. and not knowing and knowing well I can't go wrong with doing something giant then they'll know. I love yeah, I that. Know. Like this this idea of I don't know how to show love, but I know how to show like, love. But like if I go overboard, way. then like they'll get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I don't know how to just say it. I need yeah. to scream it. With the with the boom box out the window. Yeah. But it's funny because um, um, in an interview they were saying that um, uh, Katie answering oh, shit after the I love you is her way to say I like I love you too. Oh yeah. And she said that to Petty and to Julia in another way. In another episode. Oh. When she's like, oh, I'm here for you, and she's like, shit. Uh, yeah. So I ship it. This uh, everyone to be gay. <laughs> Who are you, me? And also, uh, I really like that um um in this, their all like quest to uh, to find who the baby is, um, we end up having this um, um, ma- magic that you see in the past, and they go at the mm-hmm. place and like with they one look of those little things this, you used to play with when you were a kid, those little clicky things with the slides. Yeah, I had one with at yeah, Disney World. They, they were had, making like, those those stories in them. They were so fun. Yes, um, but I like this. I this idea that like event has an imprint mm, in the past mm-hmm. that like, like we were talking about. Yeah. Scars. Oh, I like that. Like how history is sort of and, scarring. Yeah. And how, like, I don't know when you told me that once, but you we were saying how, um, the idea of like, I don't know what, who live here and like what even happened here and I cannot dwell on it. Because otherwise, like someone probably die. Oh here, yeah, totally. I, I don't. I don't know what. Can you phrase it better than um, I just did? <laughs> oh, meaning like like something bad has probably happened everywhere. Like, yeah, I don't know. I love thinking about that stuff. Like not who's died in my apartment, but like I I, I think it's really interesting to think <laughs> about. Like oh man, so many lives have been lived in this apartment. Like families have probably lived here, and like. People have probably, you know, maybe a baby took their first steps here. Maybe someone got their first kiss on our porch. Like, I don't know. Like, I think that's really cute to think about and and cool. And I want, there was a babysitter's episode once where there was like a mystery like that, where they found a note that someone had left in the house and then they got to find the people. And I want that. I want a secret note. I want (laughs) mysteries. Uh, Yeah, uh, but like, I don't want to call it a trauma of the past, but a mark. And I think trauma is a mark. It's, it's just, just a negative one. Oh, yeah, I think so. So, because I I don't think like I could go back to live where I used to live yeah, when I was dating totally. my ex. Well, it's like I mean, once I do home organizing um, as a side job, and one time I help these people move out of the house that their mother died in, and like I get that you don't always want to live somewhere where trauma happened to you. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, in my high school, in the history hallway, there was a plaque. And on the plaque, it said, you know, whatever the year was, it was like in 1868, in this spot, nothing happened. (laughs) And while probably not historically (laughs) accurate, I appreciated that plaque. Um, and finally, let's talk about Q. Uh, the first thing he asked to Margo when he's in Fillory how yeah, can well, he's I trying help? to fix other problems because he feels useless. 
<laughs> yeah, but I think this is the perfect show of when you don't mm. know how to help or what to do to help someone yeah, that ask. is living a trauma, aka the ask, how can I help? And Margot say, right now, you need to be mm -hmm. with someone else, you know? And this is like the, I think that's the mm -hmm. best show of their friendship, of Margot knowing him enough that he needs to be with Julia, but also Q wanting to be there. I agree. Uh, if you nod, people that's don't see I you. I agree. <laughs> um, but I will. I just want to mention something that I, I find cute that Margot remembers the book and say like, "Don't worry, if something happened, I'm gonna do a a, um, a mirror reversal mm -hmm. like Jane did in the book." And I think once it's cute, I always love when Margot show her nerdiness, but also yes, it, it was a it way was. to talk to Quentin. And, uh, and this made just me think of um, right now I'm having a, a rough time. I just learned that my mom has cancer. So uh, I am a fucking mess, if we can say it that way. And at one point I was saying to Seth, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a mess. And I'm like, not fun to be around. And I, I, like, I'm grumpy. And he said to me, oh, yeah, but you're not, not, you're not season yeah. one, book one. Oh, Quentin. God, insufferable. Like you <laughs> but you talk to my level knowing that I will more understand yeah. that than saying, no, you're fine. Well, it's also like more personal. You know, like you, you went to my, yeah, but there yeah. is this way of talking well, it, to the person. Because your fine feels dismissive. Saying, oh, it's going to be fine. It's the yeah. same thing. But one feels dismissive and one feels like, Haha, yeah, Quentin was insufferable in book. Okay. Now I'm laughing. You win. Okay, I'm not that bad. <laughs> um, also, more, uh, cinema nerd moment. When Quentin is um, getting taken over mm -hmm. for the first time by Alice, mm -hmm. in the back, the Tada, the, fir the, a, the first A of the Tada is covered. Okay, to do. Well, it's like T, yeah. we don't see the A, D, A. And I like this idea of something covering up magic, like some somebody like taking over you, you are somebody way too being far in into front that. of you. Because <laughs> I know, but that's my job. Is it? Since when do we get paid for I know this? It's just, I ask for this. I know it's just, I, I, it's the accordion, sh in the, like being in the angle. I know okay. that. Let me be. Uh, <laughs> that, what what was my my teacher said? Uh, did they mend it? Maybe not. Is it? It's there though. So, deal with it. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I like this idea of the magic, like true magic mm -hmm. or your true self, the Tada, being shadowed by someone while Q is taking over. Um, Do not bite my wire. Also, I tried to pet our son, and then what? he ran away. Um, and and um, the two last thing I have is at the end mm -hmm. when uh, they see Friar Joseph and Alice has for help, um, mm -hmm. Hugh had the nifting box with him. Do you think that no, Alice I... gave it to him? Uh, prior no, because he went for he it. He knew it was there. He was cautious because... So he, I think that it was that that's where I was going about the he was cautious like Charlie because mm -hmm. he had mm -hmm. the trauma of yeah. having to buck Charlie. Like it ha it happened to be him once yeah. and Alice hated him for it. Well, yeah, because he, he did the right thing. One. Like yeah, there are times when someone's going to be fucking mad at you for doing the right thing. Like yeah, yeah. I want to finish by that. Like Katie just learned that um, Penny loves her and like she's, she accepted like, like your honor, I love you basically. Mm -hmm. And the Quentin arrives and she tells Quentin like it or not, you're where your friend. And then she punch him. No, she says, we're the closest thing you have to friends. Which means former, former, which means friends. No, it means she's the closest thing he has to a friend. <laughs> I, like, I, I strongly don't feel that Katie and Penny are friends with everyone else. I do not feel like they are friends. Well, I know that I like Katie... along for the ride, but I don't think... I think that Katie feels like she's there because of Penny. 
because she mentions it in one in season four how like people were <clears throat> enduring her because of Penny at first, and I think she still feel like that. But I do think that Quentin consider Katie as a friend. Maybe Katie con- doesn't consider Q as a friend, but Q considers yeah, her. Q a doesn't friend. know how to have friends, so he's like, "You friend? We talk, friends." But I do think that Katie's a good friend to him. But I don't think they're friends. Why? I just don't think they're friends. That's bad. I, I want an argument with that because just that it's not good enough. Not good enough for who? Me. Okay, too bad. I'm stating my boundaries. I don't know. I just don't feel like they like they don't really have many bonding moments. They don't really like where's the scene where Quentin and Katie are just like shooting the shit. Like they're only friends by association really Mm, that's true you know like i'm not i don't see the two of them having drinks together Mm. (laughs) like if you can't hang out alone i don't really think you're friends that's fair okay so i i'm done for my notes how about you uh i've just got my lectio time Yay! So do you want to explain what Lectio Divina yeah. is? So speaking of monks, um, what, that's never going to be relevant again. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so this is a originally a monastic practice that was traditionally used in um, Christianity, but we're going to use it for not Christianity. We're going to use it for nerdy shit. Um, so basically, there are four steps. So the first step is that we're going to find a um, a quote from this episode, from the script of this episode, and we're going to say, okay, what's literally happening right now in the episode? Second step is allegory. So what is it? What kind of stories or things does it remind us of? So it could be anything. It could be like, hey, that reminds me of a scene from Hercules. I don't fucking know. I love Hercules, though. Um, third step is what does it remind you of in your life personally? And then the fourth step is what do you feel called to do from the whole conversation? Um, yeah, those are... So I just uh, scroll, yeah, just scroll at random, and the sentence will be, "Are you like having an ADD moment right now?" <laughs> I'm gonna have a lot of personal experience from okay, this. Okay, I'm one. gonna reread again. Are you like having an ADD moment right now? So basically, what's literally happening is that uh, <laughs> it's when. <laughs> Quentin is trying to explain something to Penny and Katie and Alice is like giving him bits of the information, but then stops because she's trying to blackmail him into giving her more time. And so he's like, it was in this class, right? No. Okay. It was in that class. No, it wasn't. Okay. And then they're just like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) And it's Katie that says that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what kind of stories or things does it remind you of? Um, story or thing. Go ahead. You might have one. I need to think. Okay. I don't know why, but it's making me think about the movie Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan. Okay. <laughs> of like, uh, of like pretending that like, I don't know. I'm, first of all, I'm just thinking about good acting, but like pretending that like everything's fine and like being, there's something about like being in someone else's head. I don't know. That's where that took me. Okay. I don't, I don't know that it's worth anything else. No, but I, 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 I like, like this idea. Yeah, because that's basically what happened with Quentin. Uh, for me, it reminds me. What does it remind me of? I don't know. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to go with the Adventure Zone. Okay. Uh, in the beginning of their campaign, they don't know really what kind of character they are, so they're trying stuff. Mm-hmm. And how... Sometimes, like, uh, Merle was trying a voice, and the other were like, nope, 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 not working. And how Taco was a bit more aloof, you know? And how, mm-hmm. like, um, and when things happened that were not in their character, the DM was like, what? <laughs> like, like this, the beginning of, uh, like, I see your character or, like, who you are and what, what you're doing right now is not mm-hmm. in character with who you are, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where it, it landed me. Uh, that's really abstract. 
Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Katie is the DM. nothing else, you've got two recommendations for yeah. things to check yeah. out. Freaky Friday, Adventures. <laughs> Um, a good night in for all. Um, so our third step is what does it remind you of in your life? Um, I mean, the obvious place for me to go is the fact that I actually have ADHD, but it's making me think about times and sort of like less of a instance in my life and more of like a general thing of like times where people will be like, oh, you're so OCD, you're so ADD, you're so like how we throw around um, mental illness, like it's uh, adjective, which it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's what it's making me think about when people are, you know, being quirky or things and we're like, you know, we're sort of making light of mental illness or be like, oh, the weather's so bipolar today. Yeah. I I like that. Um, for me, it's reminds me of, Okay, I'm going to get sad, but my family not understanding my illness, my mental illness. Mm. And me, when I was having episodes, saying I was too sensitive and not mm. having a panic attack or a depressive episode. I was sensitive. So it's it, it all like annoyed they were by it. Mm. So this idea of you acting out of character, you being... I don't want to say abnormal, but it, because it's not, but you being um, like like not neurotypical. Yeah, you're you not being neurotypical. One is annoying, but two, like you are making it up. You know, like it's not. Yeah. It's not like you can control it. Yeah. And yes. yeah, so I, it makes me think of this. Uh, this idea of seeing someone having an episode and one like not saying the right thing and but also locking them in in that inside that I was just a sensitive I'm just a sensitive girl that was the exact Mm -hmm. sentence they told me when I told them I'm anxiety you don't have anxiety you're just sensitive sensitive to you being shitty to me Um, so as far as what you feel called to do for me, um, it just makes me think about like using ableist language, um, and like conflating mental illness with things like that. And so like, for me, like I, I try to make efforts not to do that, but I'm going to take it one step further and like, I'm going to try to maybe call out when I Mm. hear ableist language because I'm bad at that. I feel uncomfortable sometimes, um, Cause I don't want to be that jerk. He's like, I'm um, actually that's ableist like that. You know what I mean? Like that stereotype yeah. of a, like a social activist queer. Like I want to find gentle, but effective ways to call attention to ableist language. I like that. Uh, for me, it brings, I think it's going to bring the idea of when I see someone like even like someone I don't know, um, especially homeless people around mm. that are having mental health issue and like it is visible, mm. not to judge them entirely because mm-hmm. I go there. Oh, okay, they're in the. They're like, oh, they're homeless because of that. Mm. It's not fair of me to say that because I could have gone there if I didn't have the social support that I had that helped me pay my bills. Yeah, and um, me blaming their. F- their problem only on their mental health is not good enough, uh, not good also. So me not boxing a person I see with mental illness as only having a mental illness, Hmm. but as a 3D human with a lot of multitudes. I like it. (laughs) Okay. I guess that's it. We need to do our flower and our vase. Oh, yes. So uh, do you have yours? Um, I could come up with one. Hmm, well, I can see. do it. Well, uh, okay. okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, I would like to give my flower to Margot because I think that she handled herself very well in this episode, and she mm-hmm. was like trying to be diplomatic, and she usually she's the one declaring war, but she's like, no, I'm trying to like you know, not set trees on fire and start civil war 
Yeah, exactly. You know, and likes being, you know, there for Fen. And I just think that she handles herself very well. I agree. And I'm going to give my face to... I kind of want to give it to Penny for signing a fucking million-year contract for some girl. (laughs) Don't sign a million-year contract for some girl. Amen to that. Did we learn nothing from Hercules? Good, I got to bring up Hercules. What's up with Hercules right now? I really want to watch Hercules. Let's watch Hercules. Okay. (laughs) That's my soul. No, okay. Eric is on the road. Um, Okay, so my flower... We'll go. I wanted to say Margo, so I'm going to find someone else. I stole it. To Katie. For being there for her friends. I mean, she's there for Julia saying, like, no, you shouldn't, like, leave. And even when she leaves, she continues to try to help her. But also, like, when Quentin's there and, it, like, she see like, okay, no, like, he's being weird, like, and Penny's like, oh, no, Alice in there, like, that's not normal. Like, she punched him out, <laughs> you know? And, like, she's like, okay, but what do we do? Like, she's there for a friend, even if her friends don't know or don't, like, I, I think she's doing a lot of the yeah. shadow work and she's she's not enough um, uh, tanked for it. So, and I'm going to give my vase. Julia for, for, ki- for killing an endangered <laughs> well, yeah for basic genocide and everything about it oh, like I get it it doesn't have a shade but girl <laughs> girl. girl okay I'm gonna go pet our bunny now I give my vase to our movers who broke everything I love <laughs> not said said this time Bye. Bye. <laughs> this has been Philorian United. Once again, we want to thank Harry Potter and the Secret Text as well as Spirit Podcast for being the inspiration and help for the show. If you want to help us, please go on Patreon at patreon.com slash United and help us continue to be able to pay for the show <laughs> if you have any questions, comments Aiku, please send us to either Twitter at Philorians or on our email at philoriansunited at gmail.com until then, have a good day guys bye Thank you.